Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Friday, October 20th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto's Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about strong moves in crypto prices, US government debt, and later in the show, some listener questions. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. Crypto prices are moving up. Despite a bleak day in stock markets yesterday, Bitcoin continued to climb, briefly spiking past $30,200 earlier this morning. It has since retraced a bit, and at 8 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, was trading at $29,870, up 4.7% over the past 24 hours. Ether had a similar spike, and earlier today was at $1,615, up 3.8%. Smaller tokens were doing even better. Solana was up 10%, Ava up 7%, Polygon 6%, and many others up 4% or more. The overall crypto market capitalization broke through $1.1 trillion for the first time in over two months. Ripple's XRP token had a good day, rising more than 7% after the SEC dropped its case against Ripple executives Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson. This is good news for Ripple, but it does also potentially clear the way for the SEC to appeal the judge's ruling back in July that the token itself is not a security, but that some contracts for its sale are. Many smaller tokens seem to be going up on the assumption that the SEC's move signals a shift in its attitude toward enforcement in crypto markets, but this is not necessarily the case. In macro matters, yesterday Fed Chair Jerome Powell gave a talk at the Economic Club in New York. This was the last time that we will hear from him before the next FOMC meeting. He pretty much repeated what other Fed officials have been saying, that the current high level of bond yields removes some of the pressure for the Fed to raise interest rates again. Normally, bond yields and the official Fed funds interest rate move in tandem, but recently bond yields, especially at the long end, have been climbing at their own pace. Now, in theory, bond traders would hear the Fed's message about an extended pause in rate hikes, and would be adjusting yields back down. And there is some of that happening. After climbing yesterday to within a hair's breadth of 5% for the first time since 2007, 
the yield on the 10-year Treasury is pulling back this morning to 4.97%. But there are other forces at work here which make this particular story really interesting. Stepping back for a second, lower bond yields would be very good news. It would mean bond prices are rising because prices and yields move inversely. This would help portfolios. It would make financing easier for companies. And it would signal less fear. In markets, in theory, the higher the perceived risk, the higher the expected yield in compensation. So lower yields imply less nervous investors. But if yields come down, then the Fed can no longer claim that higher yields are doing part of its tightening work and officials may have to start talking about raising interest rates again, which would push yields up as rates expectations rise. Except, as I mentioned, there are other forces in play, the key one of which is the amount of US government debt. I'll talk more about this another day because there are wild things going on there. But for now, it's important to remember that the debt is currently at its highest level relative to GDP ever and is heading up even more. Beyond planned spending increases and the rapidly mounting interest payments on issued bonds, there's the unexpected spending. Yesterday, in a rare primetime speech from the Oval Office, President Biden made an emotional appeal to the American people to support sending more aid to Israel and Ukraine. He is expected to ask Congress today for a further $100 billion to this end. This suggests that there will be even more treasuries issued next year than originally planned. And unless there are plenty of willing buyers for these treasuries, US government bond prices will come down. That means yields go up. So these days, the US government debt market is much more complex than the usual push and pull of rates expectations. And the ramifications of this are more complex still. We'll be talking more about this as events unfold. In US stocks, all main indices were down. The S&P 500 dropped almost nine-tenths of a percent, the Nasdaq fell by one percent, and the Dow Jones ended the day three-quarters of a percent lower. Europe also saw a lot of red, with the FTSE 100 and the broader US stock 600 down 1.2 percent. The German DAX managed to escape with a fall of only a third of a percent. So far this morning, things look pretty bleak, with further drops for all the main European indices. In Asia, markets continue to fall. Japan's Nikkei index dropped half a percent, despite good news on the inflation front. Japan's headline inflation rate fell to a one-year low of 3% in September, while core inflation slowed to a 13-month low of 2.8. The Shanghai Composite and the Hang Seng indices fell three-quarters of a percent. This was despite the injection by the Chinese central bank of a record amount of cash into the banking system in a bid to stimulate the economy. In commodities, oil is climbing again on reports of an escalation of the conflict in the Middle East. U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have reportedly come under attack, and a U.S. warship intercepted missiles reportedly launched from Yemen, potentially aimed at Israel. Earlier today, the Brent crude benchmark was up three-tenths of a percent, trading at $93.67 per barrel. Gold is holding steady. Earlier today, it was more or less flat, trading at $1,975 per ounce. An interesting data point, gold is now at 1,873 euros per ounce, which is an all-time high in euro terms, at least according to data going back to 1999. Stay with us. After the break, we're going to dive into some listener questions. 
CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. Instead of headlines today, I'm going to pick a couple of the questions you've been sending in. Many thanks for that, by the way, and please keep them coming. The first is, why do I spend so much time talking about Bitcoin these days? It's a good question, and I have been talking about Bitcoin more than any other asset. The reason has to do with where we are in the crypto cycle. We're not in a bear market anymore, where virtually nothing looks interesting in terms of price movement. We're at the beginning of the next up cycle. We see this in the evolution of the total crypto market capitalization, in the evolving narratives, in the types of businesses that are emerging, and the institutional announcements we're seeing. And in the early part of any crypto cycle, Bitcoin is the center of attention. This is true for many crypto natives who see Bitcoin as the safe crypto asset compared to smaller, more volatile, and centralized tokens. In other words, even within crypto portfolios in times of uncertainty, we tend to see a rotation out of smaller tokens and into the relatively safe crypto play, leaving aside stablecoins, of course. Bitcoin is also the crypto center of attention for more traditional investors who are starting to make their first crypto investments. Bitcoin is the largest crypto asset, the most liquid, the one with the greatest variety of on-ramps, and the one with the least regulatory uncertainty. Even US regulators are clear that Bitcoin is not a security. Plus, there are interesting shifts in the Bitcoin narrative given world events. We're seeing more high-profile names such as Paul Tudor Jones and Larry Fink say in public that they see the asset as a safe haven in times of conflict. There's some interesting technological moves that will impact its potential use cases. And there's the likely listing of the first spot crypto ETF in the US. Given the size of the US market, this is a big deal. Finally, Bitcoin accounts for more than half of the entire crypto market in terms of market capitalization. More of our audience hold Bitcoin than, say, the Cosmos token to pick a random example. And when deciding what to talk about every day, I weigh up key market drivers interesting and relevant stories, and what I think the greatest number of listeners would be interested in. The topics will obviously change as the crypto cycle and traditional markets evolve. Most of all, what we try to be is useful. Next, I'm going to turn to a question that came in on the day Bitcoin jumped on what turned out to be false reports of the approval of BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF proposal, and it's this. Why is there so much market action on rumors? Some say the ETF is priced in, but the price still jumped on a single headline. The answer is, it's not priced in. A bigger answer is that markets are not efficient, and the crypto market is especially not efficient. It's still a young market with relatively limited pools of knowledge and a patchwork landscape of information sources of varying degrees of reliability. Anyway, back to the Bitcoin spot ETF. No way is this priced in. It's not a certainty. It's likely, and I think it will happen, and soon, but it's not a certainty. There are still some who insist 
that SEC Chair Gary Gensler will fight this. And most of the investing market is not yet following crypto as closely as listeners of this podcast. There is still a vast potential pool of Bitcoin investors who just haven't thought of investing in Bitcoin. I know, strange. And the media attention around the listing will act as marketing for Bitcoin. They may see news about a new type of asset that now has an ETF and decide that they might as well put a small amount into it. Coindesk's Omkar Gaboli wrote this morning about how Google searches for the phrase spot Bitcoin ETF have surged over the past few days. We'll put a link to his article in the show notes. Also, there are probably many investors who are interested in taking a position but want to wait for the ETF, either because it's just easier or because they can't hold a non-listed asset. This is the case with many institutional participants. And finally, it's very hard to price something in when we don't know what the end effect will be. There will be a greater awareness of Bitcoin, sure. There will be more marketing channels and it will be easier for investors to make a directional bet. But we have no way of knowing how many new investors it will bring in, how those new investors might influence their friends, how the whole thing might impact crypto regulation. The jump on the day of the fake news showed that the market is not yet positioned for this. And it's a hard thing to do because we don't know when it will come and a lot of things can happen between now and then. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Acheson for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.